values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Been keeping our eyes on the debt ceiling. The S&P is down again today. The Dow is down again today. NASDAQ is down today by uh, about a little less than 1%. So we are seeing a negative reaction to the fears about the debt ceiling and the argument going on right now in Washington, D.C. In addition to that, I would say some of the added fears are over the last couple of days. We've heard that Microsoft is going to be laying off about 10,000 people this year. Amazon put out a statement saying they are also going to have massive layoffs coming this year as those major corporations in their respective industries are expecting slowdowns. We saw a slowdown, a higher than anticipated slowdown in buying in December. It was 1.1%, two consecutive months as they also... um, they, re- they adjusted the numbers for November for a 1% decline. So it was 1% November, one and a 1.1% in December in spending, which was the peak of the spending season in December. That's what concerns them the most, not just it being a 1% decline, but in a time where you normally see an increase in spending. So the world out there is kind of reacting to what they see coming. The Wall Street Journal economists are predicting a recession in spite of seeing a slowing down in inflation that the expectation is growing and growing from many, many experts that we are sprinting toward a recession. So we're going to get into those parts of the economy a little bit later on. I want to stay for a moment on focusing on the debt ceiling. Um, This is an old fight. It's gone on many, many times. We've had government shutdowns, which really weren't shutdowns. And um, there's there are a lot of different games they can play with money. And with the with a, with things to make sure the some bills get paid, some don't. But it isn't a good place. It could be disastrous for the U.S. economy if we start defaulting on debt. If the if our credit rating goes down, if the interest rate we pay goes up, and it's not exactly the same. But you can compare it to your credit rating. If you look when you know how many of us as we got older started paying more and more attention to what our credit score was because we realize that it's cheaper to borrow money when you go in to buy a car. Even that when they look at that credit score, it's funny. The, the old joke is that you can get tons of money when you don't need it. It is funny to see that over the years, as I have really made sure I pay my bills on time, I you know I keep my credits, you know, my credit card balance is very, very low, um, that they throw money at you. I get five, ten emails a week, and I think, well, I, you know, if I needed to borrow money, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in. Um, but we understand that having a better credit rating allows you to borrow money at a cheaper rate. So it costs the American people a lot less money when we have a good credit rating. And will that be affected again? Is this going to cost the American people? Uh, No, there is no doubt that they have to raise this. No doubt. Because if they don't, it's going to be disastrous for the American economy. So I think it's political suicide. There is going to be a lot of uh, wringing of hands and gnashing of teeth, but it's going to get done. That's my prediction, and I don't think it's a very bold prediction. I think that's what's going to happen. But in the meantime, uh, the conversation that we're having about debt, and it's been an ongoing conversation recently, I've been focusing more on waste because that's part of the issue. Um, when you, I, I try to, I, in my mind anyway, I don't know if it works for you, but in my mind, I try to um, make things as simple as possible. Instead of trying to factor in the trillions of dollars in the U.S. economy and the U.S. budget with the government, I look at my own 
particular situation and families go through this all the time um, when you go and see someone you know, one of the reasons why on this station and not just on this station but around the country that Dave Ramsey is so immensely popular is because he's simplistic in his approach and he gets results in talking to people about being debt free and how you get to be debt free and what does he say live like no one else you can give like no one else um, those principles are simple for people to understand and in your personal life when you if you've ever done it there's apps that do it for you now and programs on the computer where you keep track of what you spend money on everything when you buy coffee when you buy lunch when you buy breakfast whatever it is and then it shows you how much money you're spending in some of these areas and for a lot of people when they see that waste and for them it's waste not for everybody but when you say oh my gosh i spent three hundred dollars this month on lunch Imagine what I could do with 300 extra dollars and you rein in that spending in many cases or how much money did I spend buying coffee, Starbucks or, or, or Dutch Bros or whatever. I could make coffee at home and save a bunch of money. When people start doing that, they start realizing the power of their own budget and their own dollar. The federal government not only does not do that, but they can't account for billions of dollars that have just been lost. It's not just waste. It's not just redundancy. It's just gone. $220 billion in equipment from the Pentagon's budget. Over $160 billion in stolen money. From the uh, from from covid relief. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I could pick one of those stories every day to talk about. So the American people, this is a good time for us. It's a foregone conclusion in my mind. I mean, nothing's 100 percent, but I'm telling you, based on history and what we've seen in the past, the debt ceiling will be raised. There's going to be demands made. The Republicans are saying that there has to be a reining in of spending. They want an agreement from the president to rein in spending or they're not going to raise this. And in the end, there's going to be some kind of a negotiation and they will raise the debt ceiling, which means we will borrow more money to pay our bills. But if we don't, as Americans, take a look at them and say, first of all, without looking at cutting programs, without looking at cutting budgets, why isn't there a team? Why isn't there a committee? Not for the purposes of shaming anyone, but for the purposes of getting your fiscal house in order. Why isn't there a committee that goes out there and looks at redundancy, waste, and loss? And let's fix that first. Imagine if we could get – we're already at almost a half a trillion dollars with the numbers I've given you over the last two days. Imagine if we could just look at that. We're not going to stop spending on any program. We're not going to reduce the amount of money into any program. We are not going to diminish anything that we spend money on right now. What we are going to do is address redundancy, waste, and loss. And if we address those issues – We can talk about budget reductions later. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that and spend less money. But imagine, as the American taxpayer, how much your budget would be. So for you and your house, it's like I'm not going to adjust my lifestyle. You know, I'm still going to do the things I like to do. But, oh, my gosh, I don't need to buy scratch or lottery tickets. I don't need to buy coffee in the morning on the way to work at 6 or $7 a pop. I'll make it at home before I go to work. I'll take my lunch to work once in a while. Whatever it is for you, you don't feel like you're changing your lifestyle. You're reigning in the waste. There's an app out there right now 
that will, and I can't remember the name of it, that it will tell you about subscriptions you have that you didn't even know you have that automatically debit from your account every every month or every quarter or every year, and it may be 15 bucks here, 20 bucks there, but when you find out, oh my gosh, I'm spending $270 a year on subscriptions that I don't even know I have. That's the kind of stuff they don't ever do in the government. Now, on top of that, $270 a year, add about 10 zeros to it, and that's what goes on in the federal government. I'm not saying any of this to be mean-spirited. I'm not saying any of this to condemn. We're saying as a, as a country, this is an accurate thing that's happening. And as citizens, both sides, I would love to hold hands with the Democrats on this and say both sides should be looking at government waste and eliminating the waste, the redundancy, and the loss. If we did that, we could diminish a lot of this without changing our behavior at all as far as the things we spend money on. We do something at 1120 every day. We call it uh, Did You Hear This? And we're going to do that coming up here in just a few moments, so I hope you'll stick around for it. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, let's catch you up on the biggest news stories of the day. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. The American Civil Liberties Union obtained records that uncovered a money surveillance program in Arizona, and there are many questions surrounding it. How much leeway should law enforcement have to spy on activities of people in this country in the name of public safety? And at what point does that infringe on our right to privacy? Are you concerned by the discovery of this program? Uh, yeah, I am. And I will tell you that that was a perfectly asked question. Was that with Joe Dana at Channel 12? Great question. Perfectly asked. How much of your privacy should you expect to give up in the name of security, in the name of safety? It is an excellent question. There is no doubt, as our Attorney General has said that this program has been very, very useful. It's called the TRAC program. It is a money transfer surveillance program that's being used in Arizona, and they are they're probably right in saying it has been a great tool in stopping uh, you know drug trafficking and human trafficking and sex trafficking. It, it, probably right, but does that mean it's constitutional? So yeah, the fact that we didn't know that this program has been going on and it's been going on since 2010, that's concerning. Doesn't mean it's unconstitutional, but the AC CLU, who I obviously don't agree with very often, is asking some very good questions here. And at the very, very least, the citizens of Arizona and everybody else in this country, because it encompasses other people in the country, have a right to have answers as to what's being looked at and why. And then the American people and then, of course, the legal minds in our in our federal justice system can decide whether or not it's constitutional. According, But I want to give you a caveat. According to the attorney general in Arizona, Chris Mays, who didn't start this program but is continuing it, she said the courts have already weighed in on this and said the people that they are surveilling do not have a, a the same right to the expectation of privacy as people that use private banks. She says the courts have already decided this. We'll see. Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas addressed the United States Conference of Mayors, telling the Assembly that DHS stands with them to deal with the influx of migrants. We're executing a comprehensive strategy to secure our borders and build a safe, orderly, and humane immigration system. Will this strategy they recently put out work? Not if it's like the one they've been using. 
I mean, again, we are, we are working on a comprehensive strategy. It's been two years. I, 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 and to be a little frustrated, and I am very frustrated at this, you look at what's happening. It doesn't seem like anything is getting done. That sounded like a word salad. The vice president of the United States, who was put in charge of border security, is in Arizona today in the West Valley talking about clean energy and a clean energy economy. She's not going anywhere near the border. And I mean this sincerely. If you have a brand new plan that you believe is going to be different and is going to work, wouldn't you go to Yuma, Arizona and shake the hands of the people in Yuma, the farmers and the people that are working down there, both in the federal government and local law enforcement, food banks and hospitals and clinics? Wouldn't you go say to them, here's our plan. You're looking me in the eye. We're going to fix this. She's not even talking about it. Never mind going there. So I don't have much confidence. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at 1120 to get you caught up on headlines. Charges have been filed in the accidental shooting on the movie set of Rust. The Treasury Secretary is warning that if a Congress does not reach a... Sorry, that was not the right. Um, <laughs> um, try this one. Alec Baldwin and armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed will face two counts each of involuntary manslaughter in the accidental shooting death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of the movie Rust in New Mexico in October of 2021. Are these charges justified? Um, I don't know. I, 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 that's such a, a weak answer, but I don't know um, because there is a threshold, I think, in the minds of people, especially a jury, that sometimes a tragic accident isn't necessarily done by negligence, but we also know that in a situation like this where a firearm is being used, where a dummy round is supposed to be used in a shooting scene, there is big protocol of who handles that firearm, who checks to make sure that that firearm does not have live ammunition in it, and the person that ends up pointing and firing that gun has the ultimate responsibility to make sure everybody else in the protocol did their jobs. So we, I would want to see what that protocol, who broke it how it broke down was their negligence and there are times that just people make assumptions and it leads to very bad situations and if this is one of those then yeah charges are warranted but i want to see what they did and where it broke down i think that's what the jury's gonna have to decide on ultimately all right let's retry this a political showdown is underway over whether or not the house will raise a debt ceiling and some are raising concerns the Treasury Secretary is warning that if a Congress does not reach a deal in the coming months, it would be catastrophic. The U.S. could default on its debt for the first time in our history, putting millions of jobs on the line. Congressional Republicans with bipartisan support from Democrats raised the debt ceiling three times under President Trump without conditions. Why is this situation today different? I think that, well, a couple of things. You just pointed out. It is it is partisan politics. You've got a Republican-held House and a Democrat-controlled, and this is the case. It's happened the other way around where the Democrats Democrats are raising the concerns with the Republican president. That's part of partisan politics in D.C. But I also think that they are talking about spending that needs to be reined in. I talked about the hypocrisy earlier. There is some hypocrisy here because the Republicans admitted has been just as much at fault for crazy spending for a long time as well. The entire fiscal house has to be brought into order, and it isn't going to be Republicans or Democrats in the Congress. It's going to be Republicans and Democrats at the ballot box that fix this issue. When we take it seriously, they will take it seriously, and we got to wait for that to happen. Great job, Julia. I mean, with you know one exception. Great job today. Uh, today, as always, that's. Did you hear this? We'll do it again tomorrow. Coming up in a moment, we're going to talk specifically about inflation in our economy and who it's hurting most. So please stick around.
strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. The golf tournament, hailed as the People's Open, returns for the TPC in Scottsdale as the WM Phoenix Open tees off on February 6th and runs through February 12th. Head to the contest page at KTAR.com right now for your chance to win tickets. Plus, one lucky winner will win Creens Keeper Passes. I love the WM Open. I love that tournament. I love being out there. I love the money it raises and the great work the Thunderbirds do. So uh, good on them. Um, talk about inflation and specifically how it's affecting families. Here's one of the stories. Inflation used to sque- used to squeeze the middle class. Now it's hitting the poor the hardest. Um, there's a story in here about the price of eggs and what's happening. And I, I, Again, in all fairness, um, listen to the show for any amount of time. You're going to figure out really quickly. I don't agree with the policies of this administration. I am a Republican, a pretty staunch, especially physically, fiscally uh, conservative person. I'm more socially libertarian in a lot of ways. I have my own personal beliefs, but the government has no right. Uh, you know, they don't need to know what's in your nightstand. That's just kind of where I am as a general rule. Um, but fiscally very conservative. I think small government works better. Local government, especially over the federal government when it comes to different programs. But when we look at things um, and you have this big fight when you have the White House saying we don't control oil prices, but then they take credit for the price of gas going down. And well, the, here's the thing. There is truth in a lot of what's being said on both sides, just to be totally honest, in my opinion, and totally um, fair. The White House is right that they can't control the price of wheat because of what happened in the war with Ukraine. That, you know, uh, as much as they tried to get OPEC to, to keep production high, they can't control OPEC. But where they're missing out on this inflation and everything else that they've missed out on is that there are things that are in their control. And unless they're doing everything right that's within their control, the American people have a right to be angry. And they didn't act fast enough we you can't you can't have a short memory that's the problem and you know whatever side of the political aisle you're on especially if you're on the left side of the aisle sometimes you got to take your lumps i was using a sports analogy earlier i'm a miami hurricane through and through i love the miami hurricanes football team um, i've been a college football fan forever and man we had a heyday in the 80s and the 90s and and the early two, 21st century man we were world beaters it was so great to be a hurricane We're taking our lumps now, man, there are a lot of teams out there, and I get messages from people all the time, and I take the jokes. It's part of it, you know. You got it, but I love the new direction. I love the new coach. I think we're back on track, but you have to at times think we're on the wrong track, man. What are we doing? We can't be this bad. Well, right now there are some people out there on the politically on the left that you've got to take your lumps. Um, the president of the United States, through all of his uh, spokespeople, whether it was Karine Jean Pierre or the previous White House spokesperson, or we heard from the Fed. Or we heard from the Treasury. We heard from everybody else. We kept hearing this thing about transitory inflation over and over and over again. And experts that were apolitical in at least publicly, whether it was the Wall Street Journal or others, economists were coming out and saying, no, 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 this is not going to be transitory inflation. This is going to be big news. And this is going to be really bad for the American people. And the White House continued with the mantra that inflation may tick up a little bit, then it's going to drop back off and we're going to be just fine. And they reacted way too late. Now, again, If you're politically on the left, I certainly am not going to ask you, nor do I believe you should change your political ideology. But you have to acknowledge that everything I just said was true. 
So when the American people don't trust the economic plans of this administration, nor do they believe what they say, I want you to hear. I'll I'll let you hear this. This is Karine Jean-Pierre yesterday talking about their economic plan. The United States just hit the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years because of his economic plan. Again, his economic plan for the American people is indeed working. If you are someone that believes that, you're not paying attention. Their economic plan is not working. And what's interesting is we understand the way the political divide is in this country. Perception not always being true 100% ever. Perception is that the Democrats are the party of the working class and the Republicans are the party of the wealthy. All of the stories are about how poor Americans are being hammered the most. I will say to you, and I've said this many, many times, I still believe it to be true. The Biden administration's cornerstone of this administration is climate change. Everything they do is looked at through that prism. Every decision they make is about climate change. And so you can agree, and there are many people that do, that this is a necessary thing to do. But the policy decisions made when it comes to uh, fossil fuel companies as a whole in America, when it comes to exploration, when it comes to drilling, they've spoken out of both sides of their face. They talk about there being 9,000 unused leases and all this other stuff. And then when the president goes and speaks to a group of Democrats, he says, no more drilling, no more drilling here, no more drilling there, no more drilling anywhere. He's Dr. Seuss. We're not going to drill any place on the planet. So the American people understand that there, the policy shift in this administration is costing our economy. There are those that think it's necessary. There are those that think it's prudent, and they maintain their support for the president. But there are other people that are looking at this and saying, why should the working families in America pay this burden? There's got to be a way to do this. I said a long time ago, and I don't believe it's ever going to happen, that this president could have been a hero to both sides, which is rare. I mean, Reagan was able to win 49 states, and look how long ago that was. That was 1984 winning 49 states. Look how long ago that was. And um, he could have been a hero to both sides because the president of the United States could have come out and said, we have had a bold plan moving toward renewable energy. And we believe that that plan is is necessary for the entire planet, not just the United States. But we are the world leader on so many things, and we're going to be the world leader on this. But we didn't anticipate a war between the Russians and the Ukrainians, and we didn't anticipate this food shortage. We didn't anticipate a lot of the supply chain issues. We didn't anticipate the shutdown of China so many times. We certainly didn't anticipate what Russia is doing with oil. We didn't anticipate a lot of this that we can't control. So as long as these things are still happening, as long as Europe is burning wood to heat their homes because of the oil shortage that they have, as long as the OPEC nations are going to reduce production to keep prices high, I can't burden the American people with the costs of this plan. So what we are going to do is pause this plan. We're going to pause it for a year. And we're going to allow the American economy to go back to where it was. We are going to have the oil companies are going to ramp up production. We're going to make sure that they know that if they ramp up production, if they spend the money to fix their refineries so they can produce the diesel fuel that's necessary, that it's going to be an investment that pays off for them. Because at this point in time right now, we can't count on the rest of the world, the OPEC nations, the Russians, the Saudis, the UAE. We can't count on them to do the right thing right now. We need to protect the American interest financially. 
We're not going to burden the working class families in the American uh, the American public like this right now. We can't afford it. So we're going to go back to doing some things that were being done before. And then once we get back on track with the rest of the world, once the world sees that if they want us invested in their green policies as leaders in this movement, if they want us invested there, they're going to have to help us keep our economy strong. If he did that, he'd be heroes to both sides of the aisle. There wouldn't be room for people like me to complain. But the policies of this administration have been myopic. They have got blinders on and they see everything through the prism of climate change. And, well, listen, here's a perfect example. The vice president of the United States is in Arizona today, not going to the border, not talking to the people of Yuma. She's in the West Valley to talk about what? The clean energy economy. That's what she's touting. And it's exactly what I've been saying for a long time. Exactly what I've been saying. We do have to have a conversation about the border. There is more to discuss um, about this. And you're going to hear from the Speaker of the House before he was the Speaker and pointing out the ineptness of the policies that exist. We'll talk about all those things coming up here in just a couple of moments. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. The uh, the Vice President of the United States in Arizona today, she is talking about the clean a- clean energy economy of the White House. Um, she is not going to visit the border. And uh, the border is a conversation we continue to have. Um, here's a story from KTAR.com. Three smugglers arrested after Arizona border agents find seven migrants in a boat. Um, and what are we doing again as voters? I mean, forget what their elected officials are doing. The answer is not doing much. And um, we continue to, and I don't think it's a bad thing. We continue to point out the lack of action. Uh, but until until we have, and it was encouraging. So we do this thing uh, on the show every day called the the Big Q poll question of the day, and it's it's a Gatos thing we do early in the morning. But he also uh, they do a thing um, with five callers on their show, uh, him and Chad. And they put callers on the spot, and they talked about the border. And he uh, put them on the show um, and asked them all asked just Democrats to call in. And the question was about the effectiveness of this administration at the border. And they the, the callers were saying that they've completely failed. They don't have any idea what they're doing. Uh, the poll question is at ktar.com. It's there every day. And the poll question this morning was you know about the border and about the vice president. And uh, over seventy percent this morning. Were was it was a negative response if you want to go and see how they voted. Um, and I think that's the only way that we're ever going to get a solution to this problem. When it stops becoming a partisan political issue and it becomes an American issue, um, you know, uh, Senator Cinema was at the, the World Economic Forum and, and uh, she was talking about the border. And I think she put it as eloquently as anybody has in recent years. And she said that the American people have a right – to dictate who they invite and who they don't invite into our country. And right now we're not able to do that. It is the cartels that are dictating who's coming here. And I thought that was a great summation of exactly what's happening. Um, and, you know, again, she's a former Democrat. She's an independent now. She's certainly not a conservative Republican, but she's someone that lives in Arizona. She's grown up in southern Arizona. She's dealt with this problem and faced this problem her whole life. And it's going to take those voices that are across the political 
political spectrum. It's going to be people like you and I where we disagree on a lot of issues. And those are my favorite interactions with people on social media. It really is that when you have people that have, have a civil discourse, that doesn't mean it doesn't get heated or it doesn't get passionate, but it's not insulting. We're talking about education right now. I'm having conversations with people on Twitter about um, public education and the expansion of the ESA program and vouchers. And it's a good one. You know, I'm not backing down. They're not backing down, but it's a good conversation. But when you have people that disagree with you on so many issues, that's great. But when you find a common issue, and this one is not 100%, but it's more and more common that people across the political spectrum in Arizona understand that what's happening in Yuma is a disgrace. And this doesn't mean that we don't care about people that are looking for a better life. What it means is for the American people, we have to do a better job. When you've got the farmers in Yuma, 90% of the leafy vegetables that we eat this time of year in the U.S. is grown and harvested in Yuma, Arizona. And when the farmers in Yuma say... This is a major crisis because our crops are being contaminated by migrants that are contaminating those fields. We are going to have a food security issue. We understand what the bird flu did to the price of eggs. We understand that that's something that weeds out of our control. Demand was up and then supply was down. Prices went up. Well, what's going to happen as we move through these winter months and the food, the leafy vegetables that are used throughout the country are in scarce supply because of what's happening in Yuma and our prices go up. Again, this is part of what is in your control. What can you do? And I think that the fact that the vice president of the United States is they're talking about having this brand new plan, that they've got a plan that they're working on that is uh, that is going to help. But she's in Arizona, a border town that's been screaming about the border issue, not even addressing it. And I think that's a red flag. I think that shows you that I don't think they're taking it very, very seriously. And they need to. So obviously, this is going to be an ongoing conversation. We may have a wrap up tomorrow what the vice president had to say and kind of fill you in. Maybe she'll surprise us and address the border issue, even if she's not going down there. As we're just about out of time, if you want to jump in on those conversations, if you're a Twitter user, I am at Broomhead KTAR. That's my personal Twitter account. If you see a tweet or a response that is from me personally, would love to keep in touch with you. Um, uh, at Broomhead Show updates you on what we're doing on the show, guests and otherwise. And then Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. If you want to change pictures and funny memes and stuff, I would love to be able to do that with you at all as well. I'm off tomorrow. I'm doing something with the Phoenix Police Department. I'll be back on Monday. So I hope that you have a great weekend, everyone. God bless.